that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? We're talking about how to begin a relationship with God without church and religion. All of your life you've been told that if you want to have a relationship with God, you choose the church of your choice and you go out and get you some religion. And people just eat this up and say, yeah, I go to this church right here and I'm saved and I'm heaven bound. Uh, when Jesus said, no man has ascended to heaven, but they're heaven bound. They know they're going to heaven. And Jesus said, no man has ascended to heaven. See, there's a little problem right there. You've been spoon fed a bunch of lies. Okay. So I'm talking about how to begin a real relationship with God without church and religion. You know, I read something just recently. It said, sometimes learning more about God is simply unlearning what someone else has told you about God. And that is so true. If you can wrap your mind around this one fact, that all of your entire life you have been lied to about God. You've been lied to about the Bible, what the Bible actually says. The Bible has been manipulated, twisted. It's almost as if people look at the Bible and whatever Jesus says, they make up their own stuff. You know, Jesus said, think not that I've come to destroy the law. Guess what most religious people believe? That he came to destroy the law. Jesus said, no man has sent it to heaven. Guess where everybody thinks you go when you die? Heaven. The Bible says God only has immortality. Guess what everybody thinks you got? An immortal soul. Jesus said he's Lord of the Sabbath day. Guess what day everybody thinks he's Lord of? Sunday, the first work day of the week. I'm telling you, you've been lied to about the Bible. So it's true. Sometimes learning more about God is simply unlearning what someone else has told you about God. And that's tough. That's, it's going to be tough for you to do this, to unlearn the hogwash you've been ta taught about God. Now, what I want to talk about today is religious propaganda. All of your life you've been exposed to, well, first of all, propaganda but you have heavily been influenced by what I call religious propaganda. And I'm going to explain to you what religious propaganda is. But first, let's ask the question, how much are you influenced by propaganda? You know, the word means deceptive or distorted information that is systematically spread throughout your entire society. And I think most people have never really questioned the possibility of religious propaganda. You mean I could be influenced by, you mean there is such a thing as religious propaganda? And you mean I could be influenced by this? Oh, absolutely. Now, propaganda is nothing more than a soundbite. It's a talking point. If you ever watch TV at all, you've been exposed to propaganda. It appeals to the emotion and you repeat it over and over and over again, and eventually the masses will believe it. Just because it's repeated over and over and over again, the masses 
of, yes, low information people will believe it. Uh, Say, so, uh, change. That was propaganda. People thought, yeah, change. We need change. And change is good. And I don't know what we need to change. I don't know what's wrong with our country anyway, but we need to change it. And we need to have this socialistic form of communist government that's really better than anything we've ever had. Change, yes. Change is good. I'll vote for him because he's talking about change. Change was, that one word, repeated over and over again, is propaganda. Propaganda. Now, I found propaganda in, in some strange places, believe me. One was at the post office. I send out these CDs often and I got one back. It's not the first time it happens. It happens a lot. But it, it, I got a CD back in a nice white plastic envelope. And inside the envelope, the CD was in about 20 pieces, about big as a postage stamp. Each piece about big as a postage stamp. 20 little broken pieces of my CD. Impossible to play that thing when they're crumbled up like that. And on the outside of this nice white package, it said, from the post office, it says, we care. And of course, I'm looking at, I got 20 pieces of broken CD in one hand, and I got a nice white package that says, we care. And you know, my mind goes tilt like a pinball machine, you know. I'm thinking, okay, what is it? It's broken into a half million little pieces, but they say they care. We care. Now this is propaganda. You just repeat this, you just put it out there, you print it, you put it on a billboard sign, you put it on the radio, we care, we care. And, and the simple-minded, listen, there are people who will actually look at that and say, well, I guess they do care. Even though they broke my CD into 20 little pieces. You know. But I would like honesty myself, a little bit of honesty. I would just like to say, I'd like for them to say, we broke your CD. How about that one? You know, We're sorry. We're sorry we broke your CD. We put it to that machine that crumbled it up, you know. That would be honesty. But I cannot stand the propaganda. Putting on this envelope, sending my CD back in a nice white envelope and saying, we care. Your United States Post Office, we care. No, 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 that's a lie. That's propaganda right there. And low information people will actually be suckered in by that and assume, well, yeah, I guess they do care. Propaganda, here's one, will work for food. Now, this gives you a, a clue as to how powerful propaganda is because when I say those words, there's not a person out there that doesn't know what I'm talking about when I say will work for food because you've seen some bum on the street at a busy intersection about Christmas time where hundreds of thousands of cars get crammed up bumper to bumper and you've seen the bum on the street with his little sign, we'll work for food. Now that's propaganda. That guy is not, he, trust me, he, he, he's not wanting to work. He wants your money, and I don't even think he wants any food either. He wants your money and he gets it. Why? Because low information people give it to him. Or because the so-called religious. Oh, I'm being so spiritual. I know you won't work. You never have worked. 
The Bible says if a man won't work, he shouldn't eat. But I'm going to give you a $20 bill so you can sit on your, I can't say that, and continue to collect money. The guy's got more money than you got, I guarantee you that. In fact, they caught several of these guys, had a couple thousand dollars in their pockets. Yeah, propaganda will work for food. It's a lie. All right. Now, I'm going to read something to you that I don't want you to guess who wrote this. It's on the subject of propaganda. Okay. It says, the really decisive question is this. To whom should propaganda be addressed? To the scientifically trained intelligence or to the less educated masses? In other words, who are we going to target when it comes to propaganda? All right. It must always exclusively be directed to the less educated masses. Okay, we have our target audience, the less educated masses. The whole art, continuing on, consists of doing this so skillfully, that is propaganda, that everyone will be convinced that the fact is real. Propaganda, like a poster, consists of attracting the attention of the crowds and not in educating like a poster, billboard sign, you know, all kinds of billboard signs that you see, propaganda. All right. The purpose is not knowledge. Its effect, for the most part, must be at the emotions. And only to a very limited degree, the so-called intellect. All propaganda must be popular, and in its intellectual level must be adjusted to the most limited intelligence among those being addressed. Consequently, the greater the mass it is intended to reach, the lower its intellectual level will have to be. In other words, if you want to reach more people with propaganda, you have to lower its intellectual level to some very simplistic stuff like change. Yes. <laughs> propaganda is not about intelligence. It's about calling attention to a cause and arousing emotions to the cause. So propaganda is, now this is me speaking here, propaganda is a sound bite, it's a talking point, it's, it's, it's television, uh, it appeals to the emotions and you repeat it over and over and over and over again. You just keep putting it out there, putting it out there. You get all the politicians saying it, you get all the talking points on the, in the newsroom saying it over and believe me, they work together, okay? They work together repeating this, the propaganda, repeating it over and over. Your, educate, your goal is to educate the less educated, to, to, well not educate, but to propagandize, let me get this right, the goal is to propagandize the less educated masses. And the way you do that, propaganda, just repeat the soundbite over and over again. Continuing on, the art, now I'm asking you to guess who wrote this, the art of propaganda lies in understanding the emotional ideas of the, great, of the great masses. The receptivity of the great masses is very limited, and their intelligence is small. Now, if you want to know what big governments thinks about you, right here it is. Um, <clears throat> their intelligence is small. The broad mass of a nation does not consist of diplomats or professors or individuals even capable of forming a rational opinion. 
It consists of plain mortals wavering and inclined to doubt and uncertainty. And this comes from a book entitled Mein Kampf, which is, means actually my struggle, the author, Adolf Hitler, the greatest propaganda master in the world, as far as that goes, Adolf Hitler. Okay, propaganda, religious propaganda. Well, let's talk about some more just propaganda here. Global warming, that's a good one. Global warming, that's propaganda when you hear that. It's a cash cow for special interest groups, you know. Did you know the sun spikes? It's, I mean, this is a known fact. The sun spikes, its temperatures go up and down. It has an effect on weather patterns. Been doing this ever since the sun's been out there, by the way. But it's just a natural occurrence of the sun. It gets warm, it gets cool, it gets warm, it gets cool. It spikes in temperature. Did you know Time Magazine in the 60s had an article entitled The Coming Ice Age? This is back in the 60s, The Coming Ice Age. But, by, but you see, back then they hadn't figured out how to make money on it. And, but now they have with global warming. Like I said, it's a cash cow for special interest groups. Okay, scientists estimate that just three volcano, uh, volcanic er eruptions, one in Indonesia back in 1883, Alaska 1912, and Iceland, Iceland back in 1947, spewed more carbon dioxide and sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere than all of mankind's activities in our entire history. Yes, that's a quote from Walter Williams. So it's just, you know, you just have to realize that you're being lied to continuously by propaganda. With, with propaganda, here's the point, you don't need any facts. Facts are not necessary. It's not about education. You're dealing with the less educated masses, and you just repeat sound bites. Okay, this is one type of propaganda. Let's talk about religious propaganda. Okay, here we go. Here's one. Jesus saves. You ever heard that? <laughs> well, yes, you have. Okay, that's propaganda. Am I saying Jesus doesn't save? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a lot more to it than just that than running around saying, Jesus saves. Jesus saves who? Saves them when? Where? At what time? Saves them from what? Well, okay, sin. What is sin? Do you know? Chances are you don't. First John 3, 4, sin is the breaking of God's law. If you're breaking the Ten Commandments, you're sinning, okay? Now, this is why I think educated people are turned off by religion. It's because they see straight through the propaganda. They just realize, okay, it's more than that. Just running around, oh, yeah, Jesus, I love Jesus. I raised my hand. Jesus saves. Okay, here's another one. Just believe, religious propaganda. Just believe. Okay, believe what? Believe who? What am I supposed to believe? Do you know how many people are running around who have never even made a superficial commitment to God, who are running around saying they believe. They believe in God. They believe in Jesus. Well, good for you. Doesn't change anything. This is religious propaganda. And I'm telling you, low information people love this stuff. They eat this stuff up. They go around repeating it continuously.
Here's another one. Propaganda. Religious propaganda. Just give your heart to the Lord. Okay. Heart to the Lord. What does that mean? What, what does it accomplish is the better question. Uh, you know, it's, it's propaganda. It's religious propaganda. Just invite Jesus into your heart. Okay. What does that accomplish? Does it create change? Is that conversion? Is that repentance? Is that unconditional surrender? Is that accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your Lord, your Master? No, it's just, it's just, it's just religious propaganda. Just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord or something like that. I forget what it says, but anyway. Propaganda, because it's more to it than that. It's more to it. There's nothing you must do. You ever heard that? Nothing you must do. Just come to the cross. I was watching, you know, Sunday morning comedy hour, you know, religion on TV, and God just kept repeating, just come to the cross, just come to the cross. And he'd sing a little bit and come to the cross. And he'd sing a little bit, just come to the cross. And I'm thinking, what is this accomplishing? Of what value is this nonsense? It's religious propaganda. Here's another one. Grace plus nothing. Grace plus nothing. Well, you know, Jesus, the Bible says we've got to repent of our sin. That is something. Repentance is something. It's not just grace plus nothing. It's repentance. Jesus abolished the law. Religious propaganda. He nailed it to his cross. Jesus abolished the law. You've been exposed to propaganda all your entire life. Religious propaganda. Jesus fulfilled the law. Basically, those two, you know, the way people interpret that, it means the same thing. You know, he fulfilled the law, he abolished the law. Therefore, I don't have to do a thing. I don't even have to worry about my life. I don't have to. I can just go out and do whatever I want to do. It doesn't matter. I can live for the devil, but Jesus abolished the law. And I think, praise Jesus, he abolished that nasty, rotten law. Nailed it to his cross. Did away with it. Yeah, religious propaganda. Not of works. You've heard that one. Not of works, lest any man should boast. That's probably Yeah, these are quotes from the Bible, but I'm just saying, when you just focus on that one little part, not of works, and you don't read the rest, that we are God's workmanship, created unto Christ Jesus unto good works, it's propaganda when you take that stuff out of context. Religious propaganda. Here's one you hear every Christmas season. Jesus is the reason for the season. As if Jesus is up in heaven watching all of this traffic jams and people cursing each other out and flipping people off and, and charging their credit cards up and, and getting drunk and decorating their home. And Jesus is up there just saying, wow, all this for me. Propaganda, religious propaganda. You just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And low information people will hook, line, and sinker. They'll buy it every time. Religious propaganda, you don't need, it doesn't need to be backed up by scripture. You just repeat it. 
You just repeat it. It's a sound bite. You repeat it over and over and over, and low information people will eat it up. They believe it, and they keep passing it on down through generations and just keep repeating and repeating and repeating. You know, Jesus said, if you enter into life, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. You know, and I started thinking, I wonder how many preachers, religious people, would tell me the same thing if I asked the question. If I rephrased it, you know, I've been doing this. I've been sending out letters to churches, big mega churches. What do I got to do to be saved? You know, sort of answer, I'm asking the same question, you know. But there was a rich young ruler that, that came to Jesus and said, you know, good master, what, what good thing must I do to be saved? And Jesus' response was, well, if you will enter, enter into life, keep the commandments. And so I started thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll write these ministries and I'll ask him, how do I get myself saved? And, and here's one answer. Here was the answer. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. By his grace, God has already done everything to provide salvation. Your part is simple, to believe and receive. That was this huge mega ministry's answer. All I gotta do is just believe and receive. Now there's a conflict. Okay, did you see the conflict? Jesus said to the rich young ruler, what do I gotta do to be saved? He said, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. That's what Jesus' answer was. Now who am I supposed to believe? Do I believe Jesus in my Bible, or do I believe this television evangelist who tells me my part's real simple, just believe and receive. That's all you got, just believe and receive. That's all. It's religious propaganda. You've been lied to about the Bible. Who are you going to believe? You going to believe this idiotic preacher or are you going to believe Jesus Christ? You got to make that decision on who you're going to believe. Now, it's your choice. You want to believe the preachers and then go believe the preachers. And and throw your Bible away while you're doing it because you don't read it anyway. You got to make a decision. You got to make a stand for something. You got to stand for something. Why not stand for God? Why not stand for Jesus Christ? And start believing Him instead of your preacher. Now to tell you, the simple mind wants simple answers. And propaganda is not about intelligence. It's about <clears throat> calling attention and, and, and arousing emotions. That's all it's about. Emotionally, I just feel like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, I'm heaven bound. Isn't it great to know the Lord? Now, what does religious propaganda lead to? You ever ask that question? What does it lead to? Well, statistics say that 84% of Americans believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ and 74% confess commitment to, to Him. So by those statistics, you would think we're the most religious nation in the world. That's almost close to 100%. You know, in a moment, in a quiet time, I heard this story. Billy Graham was with his family. He said he felt like he'd been a complete failure. The reason was simple. After all the many years of preaching and being heard by millions, he did not see a nation that was any closer to God. What's the problem with religious propaganda? Here it is. And you can put this in your pipe and smoke it. The character of a nation doesn't change with religious propaganda. It doesn't change. It's all an emotional response. But there's no change in the character of the individual, in the character of a nation. 
That's the problem with religious propaganda. Now I want you to listen to the next program coming up. It's going to be entitled, Don't Go to Church, Be the Church. And I'm going to talk about the most overrated event out there. Guess what the most overrated event is? It's going to church. Yes, it is. And I'm going to tell you also, I'll tell you why you haven't found the perfect church. And I'm going to tell you how a lot of people are set up for a lifetime of hypocrisy by going to church. In other words, church fuels this hypocrisy. And it can make you an absolute hypocrite. That's what I'm going to talk about that next time. So be sure and tune in to the next program. This is a series of programs entitled How to Begin a Relationship with God Without Church and Religion. I know it sounds a little bit strange, but we've been brainwashed all of our entire lives. We've been told the way you build a relationship with God is through church and religion. You choose the church of your choice. You get you some religion and therefore you have a relationship with God. That is not true. That is not true. I'm David Freeman, and remember, is that really in the Bible? Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, and I'll see you next time. There are over 450,000 churches in America, yet America continues its downward spiral towards immorality and corruption. The problem is, People have substituted a personal relationship with God for church and religion. The paradox is this. A personal relationship with God must first begin in the absence of church and religion. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151 or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.